my first announcement this morning. If you're visiting this church, I am not the pastor, okay? I just want you to know that, okay? He gets brave enough to like twice a year to ask me. So I'm here for, I don't know how many weeks it's been, but here I am. And uh, it's a special Sunday for me. And I'll tell you, well, you'll find out as we go along, because it's the key to everything I'm going to say this morning. It's the key to my passages of scripture I'm going to share. So uh, anyway, so I'm just going to ask you to really, in a special way, in fact, I'm going to do something I've never done before either. I'm not going to have you turn to any passages of scripture. I'm going to read to you this morning and ask you to follow along as I read, and then I'll make comment as we go along. And so this will be just a little bit different than what I normally do, okay, when I'm when I do get up here. So anyway, yes, it's just a very, very interesting time in my life. Uh, It's very interesting. Uh, In fact, this week, I'll be going to my fifth funeral in the last five weeks. Two of them I did, and three of them were friends. So my friends are dropping off like flies. So I'm walking close to Jesus these days, okay? So, uh, and then on my way to church this morning, I just live five minutes up the street here, the paramedics and the fire, I mean, the fire truck, everything bombed up to pick up somebody four doors down from me when I drove over here. I'm I'm getting nervous. And, uh, but I just want you to know that in in 12 days, in 12 days from today, I will be 85 years old. So you've got 12 shopping days left till my birthday. Okay? And uh, what? Is there a potluck that Sunday? All three of my boys and their family are all descending not this week, but the following week. So uh, I, I need prayer, okay? I do need prayer. And I'm also seriously considering changing my name. Have you ever, anybody ever had to, you know, I'd say that little uh, desire to maybe change your name? Well, I want you from now on, after this Sunday, I just want you to refer to me as Caleb. The rest of the time you know me, all right? Tell me you got that. Jerry Caleb Larson. Got it? All right. Now I'm going to (laughs) read. I'm going to read and hang on, and uh, I'm just going to hopefully... What I'm really kind of doing this morning is I've been going over this for weeks. I've read this passage of Scripture in several different translations, And that's why I'm not asking you to turn to the one translation that I'm reading from this morning, but it is on the back of your bulletin, at least one part of the passages that I'm going to use this morning. So here we go, and I hope that that the Spirit of God will touch you the same way that He did me as I've gone over this for hours. 
the last two or three weeks, this whole concept of Caleb and all that's around, all of you know the story. I'm just going to refresh your memory and uh, make, and I will, I've only got two point sermon this morning, okay? You know, every good sermon is three points in prayer, right? No? Okay. Two points this morning, and I want you to go home with them, okay? And I'll rehearse them to you so you won't get forget them. All right. God, show up this morning. <laughs> Don't you love that? Show up and show off. Now, one of you here this morning is here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. And God's got something to say to you this morning. Right? Now listen up. We need to have that attitude. I didn't come here just to vegetate for an hour and go home and whatever, okay? God's got something to say to me, so I better listen up. All right, now listen up while I read. All right? And uh, like I said, I normally don't do this, but I am this morning. And obviously, when I read the passage, you'll know why I'm reading this, why God brought me to this passage of Scripture. Perfect time of year for me. Wow. Okay. Listen up. A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he came to Joshua. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me? When we were in Kadesh Barnea, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers, 10 of the others, who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part... I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Stop there. He's going to say it three times, so we better get it. The Lord, for my part, this is Joshua speaking. I wholly followed the Lord wholeheartedly, so that Moses solemnly promised the land of Canaan, on which you are just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord your God. Now tell me you're picking up something. Okay? Twice now, because I wholly followed the Lord my God. You don't find anything half-hearted about that, do you? Okay. Now, as you can see, <laughs> this, is why, this is why I went to the passage. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive. You can see that, can't <laughs> you? can see that, can't you? All right. Now you can see the Lord has kept me alive and well, as he promised all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, Today, in 12 days, today I am 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. 
I can still travel and fight as well as I could then, so give me this hill country. Does that sound like an 85-year-old guy? Man, you can sure tell he's not ready to bail out yet, right? Now suck it up, you old people that are here. Because a lot of times I can say things to you that the pastor would like to say, but I can say it and get out of here, okay? Now, he's already nervous, and I haven't even finished my message. All right. So give me this hill country. Now I'm going to drop down. So Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron. That portion of the land, that's a good part of the land to Hebron. Everybody knows what. What's so famous about Hebron? That's where they buried Abraham. You all knew that. All right. All right. Hebron, because you still, I've given you that portion of the land, Hebron, still belongs to the descendants of Caleb. Why does that belong to Caleb? Because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord God of Israel. All right. That's Joshua chapter 14. Now, here's part of my, here's our two point. Two points for this morning we want to deal with. Three times you picked it up in this passage. I know you did. Three times you picked it up. Point number one. What is it? He wholeheartedly, and then another translation, he completely followed. He fully followed. He wholeheartedly followed. And then my favorite translation of all, oh, I love this. He followed me passionately. Man, how few Christians are following passionately anymore? Man, they come on Sunday, get their ticket punched, and come back next week. Isn't that exciting? Okay. So what, I'm, what I want to pick up there, in the three times, Caleb talked about himself the first time. He said, I have wholly, fully, completely followed the Lord my God. And boys, he blessed me for it. Look at the land he's given me. But he said that about himself. Then Moses said that about him, that he and Joshua both fully, completely, wholeheartedly followed the Lord, his God. So Caleb said it about himself. Moses said it about him. Here's my favorite part about the third part. The third part is God said it. God said, Caleb, you have wholeheartedly, passionately followed me. Question, class. What would he say about you? Put your name in there. Da da da. Has wholly, fully, completely, passionately, they're following me. Are you? How many of you need to step it up a little bit? Boy, look at how many people are just vegetating their way to glory. Isn't that pitiful? But I love what he's saying here. And I have to keep asking myself, 
Would he say that? You know, since the, since, since the truck came to pick up somebody right now, my neighbor this morning, one of these days he's going to pick me up, right? Okay, come on, the death rate's still 100%. Every one of us are terminal. Some of us are just fortunate enough to know it. That's an exciting thought, isn't it? But sure ought to change the way we live and who and what we're pursuing. Amen? Okay. That's my first point. Tell me I got that. Okay, now I'm going to help you at the end of this. I'll give you a couple of thoughts on helping you. How do I flesh this out? I want to. A lot of times, okay, I want to. My passion of my life is to do something passionate in my life. To wholly follow the Lord my God. Okay, now how can I best do that? And I'm going to add a thought to that as we move along. All right, tell me you've got that. Where do you, on a graph of one to ten, where do you fit? Passionately following. One, you're barely hanging on by a toenail. Where are you? Where are you on the graph? What if I asked every one of you to march up here one by one, come up? No, no, I won't do that. And I went like this and say, okay, just point out where you are. In what direction are you moving? All right, now point number two, but before I get to point number two, I'm going to go back to reading for a while because this is the part of the story that's behind what I just read. All right now, listen up now. Oh, good gravy. No clocks in heaven. That's awesome. All right. Listen closely. I'm just going to make some running commentary here. Okay, I've got it right in front of me. Now the Lord said to Moses, send men to explore the land of Canaan the land I am giving to Israel. Send one leader from each tribe. You know, 12 tribes, send one leader from each tribe and make sure you get the best leader out of every tribe. So let's just say there's 2 million Israelites at this time in the wilderness, wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. Okay, 12 of the greatest leaders in all of Israel, 12 of them. So I want you, don't miss that point. It's easy to miss that. They, these aren't just some Mickey Mouse guys out to find some little guy out there. No, you take the number one leader in your tribe. So there's 12 of them. All right. Then Moses sent them to explore the land. All right. And Moses gave these men instructions. And he sent them out to explore the land. He says, go. See what the land is like and find out what are the people living there, what are they like? What are, are they strong and or weak? Are there few, are there few or many? What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walled cities? Are they unprotected cities? How is their soil? Is it fertile or poor? And there are many trees. Enter the land boldly and bring back samples 
of the crops of, of the crops because it's the time of year when the first grapes are ripened. And don't you remember when they went back out to explore the land? All right, you remember this? And they brought back a cluster of grapes that was so huge, it took two guys on a pole to carry one cluster of grapes. Tell me that would impress you. Okay? Now keep all of this in mind now. It all fits in, doesn't it? All right. So, all right, now, so they went out and explored the land. It's like God told him to do. All right, now they came back to report. All right, 12 of you, what did you see? And after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the people of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community. Can you imagine? Here's 12 guys coming back. Let's, let's just say 11 other guys are up here with me, with me, beside me this morning. And the 12 of us are giving you the report of what we just saw in the land of Canaan. Now you get a little bit of a picture there, okay? Where are we? Where are we? Okay. And here's what they reported. We arrived in the land, and indeed, it's magnificent. A land flowing with milk and honey. And here's some of the fruit. Now, please don't, don't let me look around. And don't you dare fall asleep this morning. <laughs> and if you do, at least come up here and lay down, okay? Don't fight it. All right. But here, okay, so now here's the 12 of them. Okay, here they're giving their report. But the people living in this, the people living in this land, they're powerful. Their cities and towns are fortified. They're very large. In fact, archaeologists tell us that some of the cities where the walls were up to like 50 feet high and 15 feet thick with people on top of them, protecting them. Pretty impressive, huh? Okay, they were impressed. And they saw the descendants of Anak living there. You remember who they were, sons of Anak. They were their giants in the land. We looked at these men that spying out the land. I mean, look at everything is awesome. Their cities are walled. The men, every man that we saw looked like a first-round draft pick from the NBA. But the 10 of them said that, the 10 of them gave their report. That's what, so they gave their report. But, okay, now here we get, please, I want, I've got one big word where I'm going to emphasize this morning. One big word, but, B-U-T, but. All right, but Caleb tried to encourage the people as they stood before Moses. Let us go up and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Man, what an awesome response that was from Caleb. But Caleb, but the other 10 weenies, 
Yeah, I said, we, here's their, oh, they answered. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread discouragement, a discouraging report among the land, about the land and the, to the Israelites. And the land we explored, they'll swallow us up. The, the people that are living there will swallow us up. All the people we saw were huge. Even their giant, even the giants there, they were descendants of Anak. And when we looked at the men and the giants, we felt like grasshoppers in their sight. Stop right there. Got the picture? Ten guys get up and say their land is everything you said it was. Walled cities, giants in the land. It's everything you said. Man alive, they'll swallow us up. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. Can I ask all of you a question this morning? Have you got a grasshopper complex? How many Christians spend most of their life with a grasshopper complex? Everything they see is a giant to them. So here's 10 people given that kind of a report. And then Joshua and Caleb, and Caleb getting up and said, man, God gave it to us. He's going with us. Let's go get it. How did the people respond? Chapter 14, and all the people began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. That sounds like a great bunch of people would just believe in God, don't you? Doesn't it sound like it? And then they start complaining to Moses and Aaron. We wish we died in Egypt. And they wailed. God said, I am sick and tired of your, I am sick and tired of your rebellious rejection of all that I've done for you. Look what we came out of Egypt. We crossed the Red Sea. I fed you with manna. Water came out of the rock. And what do I get from you people? Just bawling your eyes out because of the giants that are in the land. And they're going to just suck us up. And their voices rose like a great chorus of complaint. And Caleb and Joshua tore their clothes in agony over the report of the ten. All right, now we're back to Caleb. So, well, let me just go, yeah, okay. I mean, I'll read this and then I'll go back to where I was going to, I'm just talking to myself right now. Okay. So, do not rebel against the Lord. Caleb saying, don't really... Rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people in the land. They're helpless. Pray for us. Man, they're just helpless. Pray for us. Look at how Caleb looked at them in comparison with the other ten. 
They're helpless. And they have no one to protect them. But God is on our side, and he will protect us, and we will take the land. So all the way through both of these chapters, it's just loud and clear, isn't it? We've got two things just screaming at us. But giants are in the land. But God is with us. And one of the commentaries I read on this passage, I I just loved it. Because all of us are going to live our whole lives with, but giants are in the land. But God's got his promises. God promised to go with us. And God promised that whatever thing is tearing the guts out of us, he's going to get us through it. And our giants will be slain. And God's going to take care of it. So all the way through this chapter is nothing more than driving home the whole fact that every day of our lives there's going to be giants. But there's giants in the land. We all have them. I've got a little mini giant that nibbles at me more often than others. And I've got one that's a little bigger than the mini one. Now, some of you are saying, what are they? I'm not going to tell you. But I'm also going to tell you, you sweet-looking people, you got any giants in your life? Yes, we do. And I got to deal with them. All right? But giants. But God. And that's why Caleb said they don't have anybody going in front of them. They don't have a God to protect them. But do we? Class, amen? Oh, that's so weak. All right. So you can see why this chapter, these chapters just blew me away as I thought about my own life and about your lives and how I often I need somebody to remind me, but God, rather than, but giants. But shouldn't we get brave enough to talk to each other once in a while and say, here's a giant that I'm battling. Would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? Well, let's get on the team with each other, okay? Did I get all of that wiped off? Okay. And, and I'm just thinking about that. I just think about my middle son who's coming. I, I wish he was here this morning. You know why? Because he's got a giant that he can't whip. And he shows up every time he gets in the car. He doesn't know this, but I'm going to have somebody get paint me up a real nice little sticky sign. But God, and tell my middle son, put that on your dashboard. (laughs) 
like my middle son said, Dad, if Paul would have golfed and driven, driven in Phoenix traffic, the whole New Testament would be different. And the last time I was in Phoenix, and now you know what happened. You know, the the Highway 10 and the main freeway from L.A. to Phoenix, well, they're making an overpass to bypass Phoenix so they can bypass all of the downtown area of Phoenix and circle around and pick up the freeway way down south and then go down to Tucson. So the two and my son... Has never be able to, has never been able to conquer his one of his giants, the biggest giant, and that's what he gets in that car. He's just a different personality. Scares the living daylights out of me. Every time I'm in the car, I got runny shorts with him. But boy, that's it. I shouldn't have said that. Why do I get the feeling this might be my last Sunday? <laughs> I'm trying to tell him, you got to get your, get your grip on this. Well, I know what I need to get a grip on too. Okay, so I'd, I'd rather look at your giants than mine. Okay. So I'm just, a lot of these things have come to the forefront and thinking about my life and where I'm at now and what I'm really pursuing. Don't tell God how big your giants are. Tell your giants how big your God is. Amen? Amen? So every once in a while, talk to yourself. I'm in the car and I feel it coming. I can feel it. Oh, God, show up. I don't roll down the window and yell at him anymore, but you know that. I I can still give him that that look, okay? Oh, man. I'm just thinking about all of this, but I just love the way this chapter is. Okay, all right, now I finish up with this. Now, there's one verse in this chapter, 14, Numbers 14. Don't look it up. Just trust me by faith. Now, where is it? Here it is. Okay. And here's my second point. And I don't, isn't it funny how a little thing like this can just grip you? But my servant Caleb, he has a different spirit. And he follows me passionately. And that's why I'm going to bring him into the land. Point number two. Now listen to what I'm saying right now. Not only does God want us to follow him passionately, but my second point is, God also said, my servant Caleb has a different spirit. There's a different spirit about him. 
How many of you, and I do this all the time. Well, you know me. I mean, don't go by me because, uh, but anyway, I do this more often than you think I do. I'll get in conversations with people. And before anything spiritual has come up, I said, can I, I'll say, can I ask you a question? Do you know Jesus? And they say, yes. Why did I ask him? I sensed a different spirit. Do you pick that up in some people? Tell me, do you? We've all got our little things that we battle with. I was in the grocery store. <laughs> oh, I tell you, grocery shopping. You know, when I haven't gro- didn't grocery shop for 54 years and is living alone with my whole new life and I <laughs> go shopping is really interesting. Anyway, I got a few little things I needed to have. So it was $23 in some sense. So I had $23 and I said to the gal, oh, wow, I just got perfect. And so much sense. Oh, and I reached in my pocket, pulled out all my change, and laid it there. Oh, I was about seven cents short. This precious couple behind me didn't say a word, ran over to the where I was standing there, flopped it down on the table, and, And then we got in a little mini conversation. Thank you. Thank you. They were believers, but they didn't have to tell me because I saw that different spirit. Question, how many people are going to walk by you or even get in a conversation with you this week? And be able to say in their own heart, there's a different spirit about him. There's a different spirit about her. That kid that plays on our team, there's a different spirit about him. Just like that funeral service I did several weeks ago. I was this guy's pastor through his teen years. All-American wrestler. Had MS, couldn't walk. Hardly walk or talk the last few years of his life. But at the funeral service, there were, there were men and coaches clear back, <coughs> clear back from his high school days that got up to say how powerfully this kid impacted my life in high school. And 50, 60 years later, they remembered it. So whatever activities you're involved in, don't you want to leave here this morning and say, Dear God, if just one person would say to me this week, You're a believer, aren't you? I could sense it. Because there's a different spirit there. And what made his spirit so different? His enthusiasm for life. 
He's like, he still had an excitement about the future, and he's 85. You don't think I've quit yet, do you? And I'm talking to everybody that breathes. They need a Savior, don't they? Well, say something for Pete's sake. You can talk about everything else. And he was energized by his assignment. Am I enthusiastic? Am I excited? Am I energized? Does that describe me? I hope it does. Does it describe you, you deadpan? Why don't you get a shot of Caleb into your life this week and say, by God's grace, some people that know me and I've never had enough courage to say something, whether it's a neighbor, somebody on your team, one of your best friends, let them know whose side you're on. I love that story about the people that went to the, a guy that went to a masquerade, I mean, yeah, a masquerade party, you know, where they all dress up in different outfits. And this guy put on a red devil's uniform, pitchfork and, you know, in his hand, red suit. And he went downtown to go to this party and he got the address wrong. And he walked into the middle of a Baptist church service. Everybody got up and ran out. One lady got stuck, you know, one lady got stuck in the pew, couldn't quite get out. So the guy walked over to her to help her out. She said, don't you come another foot closer to me. I belong to this church for 35 years, but I've been on your side all the time. Does everybody know whose side you're on? Are you passionately seeking to walk completely and wholeheartedly and following him? And is there a different spirit in you? Don't you want that for all of us? Say yes, Jerry. Okay, don't you want that for all of us? And then to watch God work. Now, how is this all going to happen? Here's the main way it's going to happen. I've got to grow. Okay, I'm okay, so don't panic. You know how all this is going to happen? I'm going to freshen up. I'm going to firm up my flabby faith. And I'm going to step it up in my passion to growing in my love relationship with Jesus Christ, coupled with my love for his word. And I'm going to take those two and put them together and say, now, God, I want to go through my life, but God, and I'm sick of getting defeated by those giants in my life because that's all I'm looking at. And that's why I love John 15, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Now listen to this. 
we know Him, and then we love Him. When we love Him, we obey Him. When we obey Him, that's when we bear fruit. But you can't love somebody you don't know. Or that you don't know, you don't know them very well. Are you, question class, are you growing in your knowledge of who he is? I remember, I'll bet it was, let's see, I've known Jesus now for 65 years. I came to Christ in college. You remember me telling you that first year in college. I heard a medical doctor get up one time. He was a main speaker, but he was a medical doctor, brilliant man. He said something that's changed my life. If you can believe I can remember something from 60 years ago. He said, if you can't carve out a half hour of your day and spend in this book, in prayer and in this book, I doubt if God will ever use you. And I bowed my head and I said, God, I'm going to take that challenge and by your grace. And for the last 65 years, God is my witness. I haven't missed many days in 65 years because I love this book. And I love the one who loved me enough to go to that cross for me. He's changed my life. And do you think I have a hard time talking about that? No, I don't. So I'm asking you, will you at least start with 15 minutes? And open up that book. Say, God, speak to my heart. Help me grow in my love for you. And then I'll experience more and more. But God, when those giants start sneaking in, instead of going my whole life, and that's all I see, there's giants in the land. Yep, there sure are. And this ungodly culture that we're living in is trying to intimidate us into silence. And they aren't going to shut me up. Or you. Yes, Jerry. All right, let's pray. I'm not through, but I better quit. Father, we want to thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for your word. It's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. No, God, give us a love for your word like we've never had before. Help us to carve out a few minutes of our day to get to know you. Because the more we know you, the more we love you. We want to obey you and we want to bear Bear fruit. So dear God, help us to confront our giants this week.
Help us to have some but God days. And oh, Jesus, pray. I pray for all of us that people will see in us a different spirit to the glory of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen.